Good morning, y'all. Happy Saturday. Thanks for tuning in to Turn to Your Teacher and Listen. My name is Liz. I am your resident pre-service teacher and humble host. This week, we are talking about my why. I've had a pretty rough week, so I figured I'd do some research and pull some of my friends to figure out other people's whys. They really inspire me to remember why we're doing what we're doing. This week, the cohort listened to a lecture by the superintendent of Phoenix City Schools. He told us about his why and his how, and he also told us about his statistics. His school system went from a 62% pass rate to a 99% pass rate in the four or five years he has been superintendent, which is just incredible, and I think he deserves a round of applause for that. 99% is incredible. But what about that 1%? I decided to Google it, and I found some stuff. In a 2017 article from the Ledger Inquirer titled, Phoenix City's High School Graduation Rate Soars, says that Alabama graduation stats as far back as 2010 are considered inflated and unreliable. And Randy Wilkes, the superintendent that spoke to my cohort, addressed that. Um, But they're considered inflated and unreliable by the rest of the nation. This is due completely to the fact that in reported graduation records, Alabama reports special education students having achieved their Essential Life Skills Pathway Certificate to have graduated, even though this achievement does not align with the federal graduation rate formula, which does not currently include SPED students who achieve alternate diplomas in their degree. According to federal standards, Phoenix City Schools had an 88% graduation rate in 2017, which is still above the national average of 87%. That's an incredible feat for Phoenix City. Randy Wilkes, the superintendent of schools for Phoenix City, replied to the Ledger Inquirer in an email about the rapid increase in graduation rate. Quote, Phoenix City Schools' improvement in graduation rate is due to the change in educational climate created by the extraordinary efforts of students, staff, and parents. Moreover, the gain is due to an increased student expectation, a rise in the level of student engagement, enhanced curriculum rigor, empowerment of students, and the creation of student ownership. The adage of failure is not an option is evidenced by the various means in which students can advance, recover, and repeat credits and courses. Staff and leadership have significantly improved the maintenance of student records. This achievement is the result of total team effort all are to be commended, end quote. This is great leadership on the behalf of Mr. Wilkes. As a pre-service teacher, I can only hope to be hired by a great leader like him and find a home in a school system like his. Graduation rates and statistics aside, there are other reasons people become teachers or administrators, and I pulled some of my friends to find out theirs. One of my friends, we'll call him Mr. H., said his why is that he loves kids and actually enjoys learning and teaching. And I think that that's a big part of it for everyone. If you don't like kids, you're not going to go into teaching. Um, I think our culture now is moving away from the coaches that are just doing this so that they can play football and have their kids play football and be in the school system and more into people who are really passionate about the subject. 
Miss F said that she is the oldest sibling, and as she went through a family tragedy, she also watched her two younger brothers go through it in elementary school. She wants to show kids how loved they are, even during the roughest times of their life. Quote, I want to be a source of love and encouragement for them. She also says she knows elementary years are hard and that not every kid will be able to bounce out of their hardships as well as she was able to, and she wants to be there to support them however she can. Miss B said that she wants to inspire children and let them know that they are loved and that they are capable of anything. Miss R is a current second grade teacher from my hometown, and she loves how kids perceive the world. They don't know how bad it is out there yet. They don't know politics or race or evil or low income. They literally have the world in their palm, in the palms of their hands and don't even realize it. Teachers get to shape students into who they can be regardless of their home lives. Teachers see their potential, know how they learn, and how they experience their interests. And Mrs. R is, like I said, a current second grade teacher. Um, so she's already in the trenches. She is already dealing with hardships. She has um, a student that she mentioned a little bit about to me who has been in her classroom since the beginning of the year and needed to be in a sped classroom, needed to be in a classroom where her needs could be met, but she didn't have administration believing her that this student should be sped. Administration asked, why don't you love this student enough? Why aren't you giving this student enough attention? You're not paying them enough attention. Miss R sent 20 chapter books to the second grader's house on Christmas anonymously because the student did not have any books to read. Miss R eats breakfast with this student by themselves every day, talking about the student's day, talking about what's going on, encouraging the student to enjoy school. Miss R has to work one-on-one -on -one with this student when she has 22 other students in her classroom. And I think that if she had a student aide or a um, pre-service teacher like me in there, then that student's needs could be met better. Um, but she told me that she is very excited because that student is going to be getting what she needs um, as she's moving into a um, almost sped classroom. It's a like, gateway classroom between sped and mainstream. Um, and so that student is going to be getting continuous small group and one-on-one -on -one instruction as there are only like eight other kids in that class. Um, and so that has really like inspired Miss R because that student is getting what she needs. And that student is someone that now, unfortunately, Miss R couldn't help, but it means that Miss R was able to see this student needs certain accommodations and certain help and was able to advocate for that student to get those accommodations. And with the wrap up of Miss R's why, that brings us to my why. I don't know if I can say it better than my friends did. But I think that little kids are so pure. They can be molded into anything they want to be molded into with just a little bit of guidance. I've worked with kids for a long time, and I know that I work best with littler kids, like kindergarten through second grade seems to be where I thrive. They haven't learned how scary it is out in the world as an adult. When the biggest problem a kid has to deal with in their day is that Jimmy cut them in line, 
that's a pretty easy day from the adult perspective, but it's a catastrophe in little Sally's world. And if Sally can learn to overcome Jimmy cutting her in line, then the next day she can overcome forgetting her homework or whatever other challenges that she faces. And it's really a teacher's job to guide students through those challenges, I feel. I want to bring kids into the reality of life slowly and safely. I lived a fairly sheltered life, and I'm not upset about it at all. I think that getting small doses of reality has made me a fairly independent person who is self-motivated and loves to learn. I feel re-energized after learning about a new topic, and that's all I want for my students. I want that like desire to be learning something new at all times. I want lifelong learners. I want self-motivators. I want students who can see something on their desk and go, ooh, what's this? Rather than another thing to do. Um, And I was always, and currently am, a bit of a teacher's pet. Um, So maybe I'm not the best example to be um, basing my goals off of, but I am a people pleaser and I love making other people happy and other people, making other people happy for me as a young kid was learning like new things and then making a good grade on it. So I learned the thing for my teacher and then I made the grade for my parents and that now it's, I'm making the grade for me. My parents don't check my grades when I get them in college, but I go, I'm proud of the work that I did there. Yeah, that's a 10 out of 10 assignment. And that's what I want to instill in my students as early on as possible. Oh my goodness, y'all. I'm so excited. This week is the first week of Teacher Talk. This is the segment where I answer your questions, tell your stories, and uh, basically just share some information. Our first question for Teacher Talk comes from Miss Chloe down in Florida. She says, do you believe Common Core math is better than the math method that used to be used? And while Chloe, better is an opinion statement. Um, So we're going to go with something measurable. Um, I think that Common Core has the statistics to back itself up if it's taught by an effective teacher. Um, And an effective teacher is someone who really believes that Common Core is what is best for their students um, and who has been trained on how to apply it. If it's not applied correctly, it's not going to help the students. And if the teacher is not enthusiastic about it, then it's not going to help anyone. It's gonna it's gonna feel like a waste of the teacher's time. It's going to feel like a waste of the students' time. The students are gonna walk away not knowing math any better than we did. And the point of Common Core, well, one of the lesser implied points, is to create a generation of students and later adults who actually understand why they're doing the math that they're doing and i've been able to apply the common core that i've gleaned and i've taken it and answered questions that i haven't been taught how to answer because i understand the why and understanding the why is really the big important part of common core why are we doing this why do we not say carry the one anymore because what is carrying the one Most people in their adult lives don't know what they're doing when they're carrying the one. And we talked about that in week one when I ranted about uh, math common core, but it's it's the why. Um, So 
I wouldn't say it's better. I would say it's best practice. Um, I would say that it's statistically proven. Um, and if statistics are what works for you, which is that's what works for our governing bodies, then yes, Common Core would be better by those standards. Thanks for tuning in to Turn to Your Teacher and Listen. If you have comments, questions, stories, or recommendations to share, you can email me at ttytalpod at gmail.com. Music by Kilo Kaz. Talk soon. Bye-bye.